Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's your host, Brandon Laws. Thanks for tuning in today. This episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. Today's episode features Charmaine Hammond, and we are talking about connection at work. I know for the last few years, it's been a struggle for many people. Perhaps we're lacking connection. Perhaps it's just a different type of connection. But either way, we know that meaningful connection makes us happier, healthier, more engaged. And Charmaine Hammond in this episode is going to describe to you all the ways that we can connect better, especially in this new environment, whether you're hybrid, fully remote, or you've never left the workplace. We're going to talk about how to connect better at work, meeting norms, courtesies, rules of engagement that teach us how to show up better at work. And I think with meaningful connection, we're going to develop better trust and more engagement in the workplace. And that's how you transform workplaces. So I'm excited for today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's with Charmaine Hammond. I know that by the end of this episode, you're going to have some great takeaways that you can take back to your workplace. Enjoy. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and hear how you're liking the show. I'll talk to you next week. Charmaine, it's a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Really looking forward to the conversation. We're going to talk about building connection. I think the last couple of years have been pretty challenging for a lot of people with this whole connection thing. A lot of people are isolated, which we know can not probably be good for people's mental health. But how does connection, whether it's a lot of connection or lack thereof, affect our mental health? Oh, I think that's such a great question about connection and how that impacts mental health. What I'm seeing with a lot of leaders and HR professionals is that they're seeing that the last couple of years has not only created disconnections in the team, but they're starting to see conflict bubbling up. It's coming to the surface. Conflict that might have been an old conflict, apparently resolved, is starting to crop back up. And a lot of the senior leaders and HR professionals, folks that work in people and culture, what I'm hearing them say is that as people are navigating frequent change, uncertainty, it's seeming to create not only the disconnection with people, but a lot of assumptions, a lot of judgments that are leading to increased conflict. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Do, do you find that a lot of those people, the HR professionals and, and leaders, that they're just struggling to get their people connected, especially the last couple of years? I'm, I'm sure the remote work yes. is challenging in itself for a lot of organizations, and they might have people sprinkled all, all over the place. I mean, do you hear this coming up a lot? All the time. <laughs> I hear all the time. <laughs> are they looking for answers <laughs> from you or like what are they what are they asking? <laughs> they are. And so there's a few things that I'm seeing happen right now. And I would love to shout out the companies that are addressing this, not by name, but the groups that are starting to look at this issue. One of the elements that I'm hearing actually from team members is that they are just missing that what they're calling impromptu or informal connection in the mm. workplace. That's that connection you're walking down to the boardroom, you grow, grab a coffee, and then you pop your head in somebody's office door and have a, that two-minute chit-chat. That is really tough to replicate 
because it takes a lot of effort. You have to actually set a meeting with somebody virtually, show up. So it's a lot of that connection that happens in a very informal basis, but is so important to our workplace culture. Elements of team like building trust and maintaining relationship. I'm seeing lots of companies, though, starting to look at this, whether they are in a work from home, work from office, or hybrid situation, they're starting to really look at how do we engage our team? And I'm seeing some really great examples. One of those was a client of mine in a corporation said they're starting to change up how they meet virtually. And what they're doing is they're engaging the team in being the chair and the co-chair, being the keeper of the agenda, being the person that wraps up the meeting. Uh, they have another team member involved in kind of an activity that takes 10 minutes, a connection activity. And they're finding that people are showing up to these meetings differently. Every yeah, other group, I would imagine you know, so. it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, we, our company Zenium, we, um, we're still virtual for for the most part right now. I think we we have intentions of going back at some point in a hybrid situation. But we have these all team meetings that are on a monthly basis. And what we try to do because for the longest time we were seeing that people would show up to these meetings, and uh, it's no problem because we didn't like ma- mandate like people would turn on their video or whatever. But a lot mm-hmm. of people would just have their video off. You're talking about like almost a hundred people and mostly just black squares. So we decided, mm-hmm. hey, let's do like an inspirational like TED talk. We just grab a video and then, and we'd show it live. So we're all watching it together. And then we would do a breakout session on the back end just so people could get Mm. talking in these smaller groups. And we found that to be really helpful and people love that. I love that example because you captured two things, the importance of our team being together as a unit, but also those, those smaller conversations that happen in the workplace. And we can do the same thing virtually through the breakout sessions. And I love the cameras on that you mentioned yeah. because <laughs> I'm seeing that's another area where a lot of leaders and human resource professionals are starting to require that because it's hard to engage as a team when you're looking at just the names and the black squares on the screen but also there's a lot of assumptions that are happening miscommunications that are happening because people aren't showing up fully present yeah yeah i fully agree you know it's so weird in this time right now because we in a lot of ways it seems like we're more connected than ever because we got things like zoom and microsoft teams and slack (laughs) and social media so i feel like i'm like connecting with people but is that real connection like i mean i'm sure you've thought about this a lot what's your take on this Uh, i love that question and it's interesting because i find as well in my work you know i spend a good portion of my day on zoom calls one of the things that i'm noticing is that there's a tendency for people to start looking at right now does this need to be a virtual meeting like a Zoom or in Microsoft Teams? Or is this a meeting that should have just been a 10-minute phone call? Because right. we're seeing people starting to get screen fatigue, uh, meeting fatigue. So people are finding, I'm hearing this all over the map, that people are saying, I'm literally racing from one Zoom room to another, consistently showing up one minute late <laughs> and, and not really connecting in the same way. So we are really connected virtually, as you said, through all these different platforms and tools that help us. But a lot of people are saying the quality of the connection is not as meaningful or rich. or yeah. and, and so I'm seeing people, and myself included, I've started to look at, does this need to be a virtual meeting on Zoom or could this just be a phone call? And sometimes people prolong the Zoom meeting, if half an hour is set, for some reason, we feel like we've got to spend half an hour 
in the Zoom room. And so I'm, I'm finding that sometimes people are feeling pressured between the meeting kind of ended 15 minutes ago and we're all still here and not really doing anything <laughs> purposeful. But I don't want to be the person that jumps off the call. <laughs> so right. there's this time management issue that's starting to pop up for people and how do they dance in that? And, and a lot of the leaders that I work with are starting to encourage their teams to look at what types of meetings should be a face-to-face -face Zoom, which could be old-school phone, <laughs> and, uh, you know, is there any meetings that need to be happening in person, if, if that's possible, given their work scenario. You said something a little bit ago about the quality of connection, because, like, my point earlier was we got all these tools and we're more connected than ever, but I think that's the missing piece is, like, the mm -hmm. quality of the connection that we're having. It's more transactional in using all those tools. Is there ways that we can improve the quality of our connection from your perspective? I, I love how the cameras on, I think, is an automatic help. And, and there will be times when, of course, somebody is just not able to do that. But the teams, i give you an example. I was facilitating a training for a team and, and they've worked so hard at creating a healthy culture in an online world. So they're really replicating their in the workplace culture in the kind of the Zoom and tech, uh, virtual world. And so they've really placed high accountability on themselves and others that if somebody can't show up on camera, they own that and they let the team know. And, and so the team doesn't go into that assumption mode of, oh, that person is disengaged or why is her camera not on and everyone else's and there's all the sidebar chat. That's the other thing I'm starting to see is that a lot of organizations are turning off the chat for all or part of the meeting. And this is happening because sometimes people think they're writing something to private message somebody. Oh gosh. Yeah. And they've done the whole, Oh my gosh, I just sent it to everyone. Oh shit. <laughs> right. And, and so one of the things that I always talk about with my clients is if you were all in the same room together, while a discussion is happening, all 10 of you are in the same room, somebody is speaking would eight of you actually like lean over to your neighbor and start a sidebar conversation? No, that's they, rude. Right. That's exactly what they say. Of course not. And they said, then why are you doing it in the virtual platform? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I'm seeing a lot of uh, groups turn off the chat so that quality of their conversation is more transparent yeah. or more focused on the people in the room. Uh, one of the other groups I worked with, they've done something interesting because they noticed the quality of the conversations and the level, I don't know if they called it the level of engagement or the depth of engagement, but they felt like they weren't getting the same excited energy on projects that they would have in the room. They started changing how they had their meetings to go from large group discussion, small group breakouts, bring in one more, then combine two groups into a larger group, then back to the main discussion. And they found that they've been able to kind of rekindle that spark or that energy that their team really was missing in this sort of everybody meets all at once, all at the same time scenario. For those that might feel pretty isolated right now, what do you recommend they do for sparking connection? I mean, maybe they're in a contributor level role where they're just working on one team and they don't get a chance to connect with other people throughout the organization. Like, are there ways that you can spark connection where it's not there before? I mean, I worry about people being so isolated and, yes. and not feeling connected. Exactly. I actually had this conversation with a leader recently that they've hired a number of people during the pandemic. So these individuals right. have not met face to face, their team. Yeah. 
And they're actually feeling the employee's words was, we are feeling left out. We are feeling we're not part of the, like, we haven't had the chance to actually meet people and get to know them on, on a different level. And so one of the things I thought the leader was brilliant, took that feedback to heart. And the leader has now set up when they were in the office, this was a leader who really promoted resilience and said, you know, coffee breaks are there to be coffee breaks. They're not meant to be worked through. Please use your coffee breaks to take time away from work. And so this leader has always modeled that. And when they went into the virtual workspace, working from home, the leader still said either the 1030 or the two o'clock coffee break for 15 minutes needs to happen. And what I'd like you to do is in that 15 minutes, have coffee with one of your colleagues. And I think initially, I feel like she had to set up kind of a schedule initially because it was sort of hit and miss and not everyone was doing it. And this has been exceptional for that team. I've seen other teams follow similar suits and it's allowing that deeper relationship. And it's also getting people to take time. Even though they are on screen, they're not working during their breaks. They're actually just taking a step back to just be with their colleagues. Yeah, that's interesting. I I can see that working really well in person. Could you do that virtually as well? Mm -hmm. Like, how would you like set up the connections? Like, even if somebody wanted to like, hey, let's connect one on one, but they have no reason to or they don't really know the other person. Like, how do you set that up? (laughs) Yes, I think for that particular team, the leader has said those coffee breaks can happen either on the phone, or on a virtual, you know, a Zoom call or Teams call. So they go and set that up and they just kind of rotate through the team. Oh, that's some good. Of the, yeah. And then some of the groups that are now back in the workspace, and I've worked with teams for many, many years on how do you create that sense of connection and resilience when everybody's at the office. So for years, I've been talking about the value of coffee breaks and what teams can do during a break to make sure they all get time away from work and do something that builds relationship, but isn't like a formal team building. So going for a walk, you know, one of my clients actually has a, I think it's eight stories building. So they have a walking club at coffee. They do two sets of stairs at coffee and then, you know, go have their coffee. And it's just that sometimes they talk, sometimes they just walk, but there's a sense of taking time away from work and being together with some of your colleagues. You know, you're reminding me of something that our company had created this pre-pandemic and we called it Zen Connects, short for Zenium Connections. And what we would do is we have like a culture team who would match people up people outside of their function. So Mm -hmm. we would work across department. We would match them up. We would buy like a $10 Starbucks gift card that they can use or another coffee location. We would match them up, give them a couple conversation starters. I would actually use, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of table talks. There's a bunch of questions Mm -hmm. in there to get conversations going. So I bought that, gave people a bunch of questions and then, you know, people loved it. They basically got to have coffee on work time with somebody that they never really interact with and get to know each other at a deeper level. And I thought that was pretty cool. And it reminded me when you were talking about just the coffee breaks that it works virtually too. That's the beauty of it. Well, and I love it when organizations like what you just shared about the coffee gift card and and then the coffee conversation starters. I love it when organizations help their employees with getting started because not all of us think that way. And so this allows people to just step into it with ease and grace. You know, another company that I'm doing some work with, I love what they've done. They said in the last couple of years, their staff have been on so many webinars and listening to different podcasts and lots of virtual training. 
and what they've done to build connection and share learning across the team and organization is every time somebody goes to training at the next staff meeting, they get whatever it is, five minutes or 10 minutes to share. And there's three questions they ask. What was your best learning? Um, if there was something the team has to know from that training session, what would it be? And what's the one sentence takeaway that quote mm. that you're going to be repeatable? over and over again. And then they have actually created a list of all these quotes and repeatables and they share those in their yeah. employee bulletins. But what a great way for people to get cross training and they have a shared oh, drive that. with the training materials. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. You know, so on that note, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was there is a big difference between really high functioning teams and low functioning and toxic teams. Mm-hmm. You know, with the high functioning ones, I imagine that their connections a lot better. So how do they spend their time? What are the behaviors? Um, how do they run meetings? Like, I'm sure that's a lot to unpack, but I, I just imagine that their connections a lot better and they just have have a higher functioning team as a result of it. So what do they do that's so different from other teams that are not so successful? One of the things that they do that uh, really helps them is there's typically some kind of like meeting norms or meeting courtesies or rules of engagement around how people show up at meetings. And otherwise it feels like a free for all and nobody knows how to show up. And so often the meetings are complete dysfunction. And so creating structure, creating that sense of flow with meetings, um, making sure that there are some meeting courtesies around, you know, how people raise their questions, um, what happens if there's a disagreement on something, how is this going to be handled? The other piece that I'm seeing, especially in the more virtual hybrid world right now, is the teams that are functioning really well are using what I call cascading messages. And cascading messages, we probably all use these, we just may not have a name for it, but this is where you might uh, impart information or present an important decision or change at a meeting. But people check in and check out. I mean, we zone in and out of communication (laughs) all the time. So somebody could literally miss the message, yet they were Uh, there on the Zoom screen, right? (laughs) (laughs) So they now set it at the meeting. There's that recap at the end of the meeting. So that's two communications in case someone missed the memo during it. And then they might follow up with a quick, you know, meeting summary. And at the next meeting, anything important is revisited. And I'm finding from employee bases right now, they really appreciate what might feel like a leader. I'm hearing employees say they're feeling connected. They didn't feel like they missed the memo because as you know, when people miss the memo, so to speak, or they don't have the answers, what do they do? They make it up. And then you've got these rumors that are floating around that are not accurate, or you have people acting on something that isn't true, right? And then a whole bunch more cleanup to do. Yeah. One of the things that I, I struggle with uh, as a leader myself is, and even with this conversation we're having, it's like, okay, what can HR professionals and leaders do to help build more connection? But at some point you, you got to say like, Hey, the contributor level employee needs to take some responsibility for, yes. for building connection with their, their coworkers and stuff. So yes. what, what are your thoughts on that? Like what, what is their role in all this? If, you know, if, there's not strong leadership in HR really trying to create a connection-based program and, and give them the tools to do it. So how could they take initiative on this? I love that question because it really reminds us of the importance of workplace culture and creating great teams is really a shared responsibility. It isn't an HR function only to be theirs or a leader function only to be theirs. And I really appreciate when teams are looking at how do we get our employees engaged in this and take some ownership. One of the conversations I had at a recent training training I was delivering as we were talking about this very issue and had a great conversation about 
leaders and HR professionals being able to talk to team members as part of their monthly check-ins or one-to-ones or supervision meetings, whatever uh, one might call them in their place of business, and asking, what are the open questions? What are the ways this month that you as a team member have fostered engagement or connections within your team? What have you learned about what are the team members? What challenges did you bump up against and how did you handle those? Really actually going deeper into the questions, which foster employees having to report on. This is what I did to foster connections or I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the question is, why not? Or yeah. how is that working for you? But I think asking people and then when people know that these are going to be some of the questions that will be part of that check-in with your leader, I have another uh, leader that I've done some work with who is highly, highly transparent, just an incredible leader, very, very seasoned in his work. And he actually asked these questions, very, very bold, open questions at the beginning of team meetings. So he might say something like, in the last two weeks since we've got together, I would love to hear from five or more of you around one thing you have done to foster a connection with someone you don't normally talk to at work. And people are like, they know there's a big question coming up. (laughs) Yeah. And and then it's the team who gives the ideas, right? Yeah. I love, I'm, I'm stealing that one. That one's good. I love that one too. I've learned so much from this person. He's just, uh, you know, just an exceptional leader. He's one of these ones that's probably seen it, done it all, write the book. And he just empowers people to kind of write their own book. Yeah. What kind of, I mean, this is going to be like, you're going to have to think off top of your head here, but what kind of conversation starters or questions do you recommend people using and trying to create some meaningful dialogue, uh, whether it's in one-on-ones or connecting with somebody you don't really get a chance to connect with? Like, are there your go-to questions that you would ask? Yeah, I'm finding even I have to think more carefully on those connection (laughs) questions because we often will say to somebody, hey, how's it going? Or how's things? How's life? And I'm finding that a lot of times people say, good, good, you know, we're getting through. You ask a shitty question, you're going to get a shitty response. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And for some reason, face to face, I find people will often give you more depth, even if you didn't ask it in the question. So now I'm finding things, I'm asking questions like on a Monday, I might say, so what was the highlight of your week last week? Yeah, that's good. You know, what was your takeaway learning last week? I had one I'll share with you and I kind of create it that way. So having to think differently about the questions, because a lot of people are talking right now about superficial conversations that are happening that don't have depth or don't necessarily have quality. And I think it's a lot about asking questions differently. And when I was a mediator, this was a big part of what I did as a corporate mediator was asking questions differently to elicit a deeper response and finding now we can all benefit from that skill. Yeah. Well, before we end this conversation, I had to ask you about this animated movie that you're involved in. So you're an executive producer for this animated movie and it's all around mental health connection and kindness. How did you get involved in this? And then what, what was the goal of, of the movie overall? And just maybe just tell me a little bit more about the film in general. Sure. Thank you so much for asking. I love to talk about this project. The movie is Back Home Again. And Back Home Again was created by screenwriter Michael Mankowski, who was born and raised in a community, Fort McMurray, Alberta, in Canada, northern community in Canada. And they had the largest evacuation due to a forest fire. The entire community, 80 plus thousand people, more than 80,000 people were evacuated for a very extensive period of time. 
And when Michael came back to the community, he wanted to capture some of the stories that he was hearing. Yeah, in order to create conversations to help people heal. I got involved because you're probably wondering, well, how did you get involved? (laughs) (laughs) Fort McMurray was actually my home for 16 years. Oh, okay. mm -hmm, I didn't live there at the time of the fires, but I was brought back by a number of my corporate clients, nonprofit clients, and the school divisions to work with the community around the resilience and the recovery I met Michael there. He introduced the project to me. I fell in love with the project. It was a heck yes to get involved. And we've been working on this for almost five years. And it's just started its tour through film festivals now. Oh, but really? It, okay, so this is yes. fresh. This, this is about to come out to the masses. So, yeah, so we had the There's first There's a lot film. of very, very famous voiceover oh, yeah, actors yes. in that, by the way. There, there are Michael J. Fox. We have Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, the late Ed Asner, Uh, Norm MacDonald, then the list goes on. And what's beautiful to mention here is that this is a cast of 19 that have generously donated their time and voice to this project. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. To help us create conversations about mental health. And while the story is about the wildfires, it really is a global message because we are all dealing with mental health challenges or impacts on our resilience as we all live through this pandemic. Yeah, I, I so agree. The, the thing I always say is we're all going through something. And yes. I think when you bring out the storytelling, which is I actually I really appreciate that you're doing the movie, is just uh, like we're going through something. Let's let's try to stay connected and we're going to get through this together. That's the only way I could put it is like <laughs> it, the resilience is everything when like just trying to get through this hard time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love how you said that we're all going through something together. And one of our partners on the the movie, uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, they're helping us create educational tools for workplaces and schools to have conversations and conversation starters. But one of the things they always say when we're doing screenings and panel presentations is the reminder of it's okay not to be okay all the time. Yes. And This is important for us. A lot of us are putting on very, very brave faces on our Zoom calls and in our meetings. And the leaders and human resource professionals that are really reminding people that it is okay to have bad days. It is okay not to be perfect. It's okay not to feel great all the time. And letting people know that it's creating a stronger support system in the workplace. I could not agree more. I'm glad you said that. That means a lot because I think we've all got to remind ourselves like it's okay to feel the way we feel sometimes because mm-hmm. tomorrow might be a little bit better and you know take one day at a time and, yes. and we'll get through this. Exactly. Well, Charmaine, this has been so fun. I'm, I'm glad you and I had a chance to connect. Where could people learn more about you, connect with you if that's a possibility and uh, anything that you want to point people to would be great. Wonderful. Thank you. A great place to find me is on LinkedIn, Charmaine Hammond, or you can find out about me at CharmaineHammond.com. And if you're interested in this incredible movie, it is BackHomeAgainMovie.com. Amazing. Charmaine Hammond, thanks for coming on the Transform Your Workplace podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.